Hello and welcome to another episode of Unboxing Women, where we explore the gender gap in the music and entertainment industry. If you're active in the music business, an independent artist, a musician, or are just curious about how it all works, then this pod is for you. My name is Micah Rose and with me is my friend Dana Rex. We are both independent recording artists based in Europe. After having been called a bitch for knowing what we want, we were fed up and decided to be such a bitch and are here to reveal what really goes on behind the scenes. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform and on our YouTube channel. Today, today, we are joined by Morgan St. Jean, an up-and-coming singer-songwriter from LA, California. She blew up on TikTok with a song she wrote in response to the hashtag Not All Men and has been breaking TikTok regularly with her recent releases from her EP Conversations, foremost among them the song Right, protesting the current tipping point in the abortion legislature in the USA. So... Morgan, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was quite an intro. <laughs> well, you've been causing quite a stir, really. I mean, I remember when uh, you popped up on my uh, FIPE, wait, do you say that, For You page? We I say FYP say or For You page, yeah. <laughs> so I remember when you popped up there, and I think it was the first video, actually, that went viral. And um, I just remember it resonating so deeply because it was... Um, I don't know, you kind of have a way of choosing words very precisely that um, just say exactly what you want to have said. I don't know Thank if you. that explains that, that Honestly, that means a lot. I'm sure you guys know as artists, like yeah. I try to be really thoughtful about my lyrics and lyrics are something that I, I spend so much time on and I value so deeply. And sometimes I feel silly for putting that much effort into it, especially when you hear certain things on the radio that are just like, not even words half the time. And I'm sitting here like, why am I spending five hours on two words? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think when I hear comments like that, it really makes it worth it for me because lyrics are really my heart and soul. Like that's, that's where I, th those are the things I'm most proud of. I love pop music. I love simple like pop songs and stuff. There's certainly value to that, but it's just not what I do. And so sometimes I question if what I do is worth all of the effort. So it's, it's very nice to hear. It so thank you. It definitely is. Definitely. <laughs> So um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the music industry, how you kind of started out. And I mean, kind of you already kind of said a little bit of that, but why you're doing what you're doing now. Yeah, um, I have been singing for as long as I can remember. Uh, my godparents bought me a karaoke machine when I was maybe like six and I would sing Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and I just would not shut up. And I auditioned for the school choir when I was in like second grade and I ended up uh, singing with that choir throughout Rome and I sang for the Pope and I was just wow. so fearless because I was a kid, you know, I had, I didn't even know there was anything to be afraid of. Um, but yeah, that really, that really launched it for me. And all the while I was writing songs, my parents bought me a songwriting journal when I was like nine for Christmas. And um, yeah, I just, I never fell out of love with it ever. And I think my parents are still waiting for me to get a real job and I'm not going to. <laughs> <Good luck>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's just the love of my life. And, um, you know, I think TikTok is really one of the things that inspired me to start writing these kind of more politically driven songs and these more activisty mm -hmm. songs because I was on TikTok. I was doing the thing during COVID, during quarantine, and I was writing these songs that I liked, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel like they were necessarily saying something important. And um, and then eventually I was I was getting really frustrated and I was like, it's not working. And 
I had two separate conversations with two friends within, you know, a 24 hour span where they both said to me, you need to get back to like Morgan at the piano and just writing from your soul and writing what really resonates with you. And at that same time, I saw that hashtag not all men was a trend and I was like, what the fuck? This just Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. This is so stupid. And then also I had a friend tell me an experience that she had had with a guy that she was seeing where every time she would say no, he started like teasing her and being like, well, stop saying no. And to me, it was just like this whole storm of things happening all at once, you know, and I've had my own experiences as a woman and all of my friends have had their own experiences as women. And so I wrote the chorus of not all men in like maybe 10 minutes with my producer. I drove to studio and I was like, this is what we're writing. And I just sort of fell out of me. And then I posted it to TikTok and the song was out within a week. Is your producer a man? He is, which is crazy. I've I've worked with a lot of um, female producers as well. My, My number one producer is a friend of mine who I've known for like ever. And we just have such a close relationship. And he is one of those people who fully believes that women deserve better. And so he is definitely an ally, you know, like he wears feminist shirts at my shows. And, and uh, so I'm really proud of him. And I, I think it's important to say like, you know, I'm not as much as people on TikTok would like to think that I am. I'm not some like a man hater, you know, who just Mm -hmm. hates all men for no reason. I work with a lot of really amazing men. I'm dating an amazing man. My dad is an incredible man. I just hate shitty men. Yeah, you know, <laughs> ah, but a lot you know, of those are on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! In my yeah. comments, they band together. Yeah, they band together. I think Donna, you had that a little bit. You started posting feminist content, and um, it had like loads of really, really shit misogynistic comments. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're out really there. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I said, you know, it's not because we have a Women's Day that you know we use it for good. Um, you know if. If you don't like it, why don't you have a men's day? Turns out they do. Oh my god! <laughs> and they didn't even know themselves. <laughs> so one of them says, like, <sighs> on like in a comment, we do. It's the second of of November. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. So you know, good. Yeah. Tell the other yeah. men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let them know. I really love uh, the way your music plays with like stereotypes and cliches, but it's really hard to put that into lyrics and into a song that makes sense and kind of resonates with people as much as they seem to be doing. Is that something that has gotten stronger now? Like, have you kind of, um, through writing these songs, researched or, or like, how has that influenced you? Like, realizing these songs resonate and then uh, creating more. How's that kind of... That's honestly such a fantastic question. I think um, I think the feminist has certainly always been in me. I was raised by a woman who... My mom is is um, very strong, and I've posted about her on social media and stuff. And she, you know, went to an all women's college where she was told she majored in math, and she had been told at one point that women couldn't do math, so she majored in math and then graduated. You know, summa cum laude, went and worked on Wall Street in the '80s when women were like not welcome on Wall Street, and she would like sleep under her desk while the boys would go home because she had to prove herself. You know, ten times more than the men. And she wrote her graduate thesis paper on why abortion is actually positive for the economy. And she's just like always been a huge inspiration for me. So it's definitely always been in me. I was the kid that was told when I was growing up, you're so smart, not you're so pretty. And I think that really gave me a lot of tools and a lot of confidence as I like moved forward in my life. Um, But I think as I've seen these songs connect on social media and as I've released them more and more and more, 
it's been eye-opening, quite honestly. I mean, heartbreaking too, to see the reality of so many people's situations. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, which is a very accepting, loving place, you know, like I didn't even realize for a long time that people who were gay had struggles with allowing to be who they are. Like, I had no idea because I was mm-hmm. raised around gay people. I had gay teachers. You know, my dad's best friend was gay. Like that was just in my in my sphere. So I didn't realize that it was rare in a lot of places or that it was um, condemned in a lot of places. And so I think posting these songs and seeing the response has really opened my eyes to how severe these problems are and how it's even more important than I even realized to be talking about these things and to be giving people a voice and to remind people that they're not alone. Because I think that's the hardest thing is when you feel isolated in what you're dealing with. I think it's also really interesting that it um, is something that resonates around the world. Mm -hmm. So as long as people understand English enough to understand your songs, then this is something that happens everywhere. And I think that's, um, it just goes to show how widespread these issues are. Yeah, I think actually my song Right is kind of the perfect example of that because I wrote that song, I actually wrote it almost maybe almost a year ago when it first got leaked that the US government was thinking about overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Um it wasn't even, you know, official, it wasn't made law or anything yet. And um and then I I posted it on TikTok, but I didn't end up releasing it until this past summer when that actually happened. And, you know, it was this super emotional time in America and it was just like women were feeling, I mean, I cried the day that it happened, you know, and we were all feeling this way. But then now with what's happening in Iran and like, I can't pretend to understand what these women are going through. I, I, you know, there is no piece of me that can imagine how horrific this is for them, but it comes back to the same thing, which is like, you don't have my, my body's not your crime. That's the lyric. Like Mm -hmm. I am not a, I am not a crime just for existing, me existing, my body, myself should not be against the law, you know? And I think that's, it's devastating, but also wild how applicable it is to all these different situations because yeah. women are are experiencing these things in, in various ways, but all over the world. Yeah, we were really shocked here in Europe about what, what's going on in the States because, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, we're 2022. I thought we were past all of this but uh yeah yeah i mean it definitely sparked a lot of discussion because a lot of people uh, started discussing it here and i remember i've had this discussion with my mum a lot of times about abortion and whether or not it should be legal and we all think it should be legal we all think it should be obviously thought about but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day it's a decision that you and maybe you and your partner make um and it has nothing to do with anybody else well, and I think that's that's the thing. And, you know, I am inherently a very polarizing artist because I talk about these things. But, like, you don't have to like abortion. I don't think anyone likes abortion. I don't think any woman is, like, not even thinking. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's the narrative that's kind of come out for people that are pro-choice is that we're just like, woo, whenever you want. Like, that's not no, the case, no you know? It's a very serious life-changing medical procedure but in a lot not lightly lightly. but yeah so just the my point was just to say that like you know I think um I think the point is not that it needs to be something that's celebrated or or taken lightly but that doesn't mean that it's still not a right for women to be able to make their own medical choices about their own bodies you know 
It's so tough because there's so many layers to it. And I understand that people feel so passionately about it, you know, and I respect, um, I respect that people have their own opinions about it. But in my mind, it's like, okay, if you don't ever want to have an abortion, don't ever have an abortion. That's absolutely your right, you know, but you don't then have the right to impose that belief on somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I see on the socials that you've been touring. So tell us what's happening. You have, you know, how has the audience been reacting? Um, I just played a show in Los Angeles. I opened for a friend of mine, actually, and it was insane. I, I mean, honestly, because a lot of my growth has happened during COVID, you know, so I haven't been out a ton to be able to see people and really meet people face to face. And my friend who I opened for, she actually, we had coffee and she was like, you know, when you have hundreds of thousands of people following you on social media, it's very hard to translate that to real people. You know, it's, you don't get to see their face um, all the time. So that show in LA last week was really the first time for me that I got to meet some of those people in person and really like see the impact that these songs have had on them. And I, I mean, I've never had a crowd of hundreds of people singing my lyrics before until this night. And it was just like, I was like, I'm hooked. I'm done. Like, this is all I want forever. It was just so amazing. It was so powerful. Um, so yeah, so now I'm, I'm definitely hoping to tour, um, more in 2023. I'm working on that. Um, but it was just like that show really solidified, like everything I've ever felt for music, the, like the love and the passion that I felt for it. It just completely solidified that for me. Wow. It must feel very rewarding having that come back to you. Yeah. And, you know, I've been at this for a long time. I've been, I've been really like fighting for this dream of mine for so many years. And it was just one of those moments that was like, okay, something is clicking, something is working, you know? And, um, well, you know, we, we all know that once you have a little bit of traction on the socials and as much as you have had on TikTok, that labels start to notice have you had some reactions? Have you been contacted by people? Are we allowed to know? Yeah. So I'm actually with a label. Um, and that happened, I've been with them now for about two years. Um, okay. And they're like an indie label that's supported by a major label. Um, hmm. And it's it sort of started, I had a song come out with these DJs that are some very good friends of mine, some more men that I don't hate. Um, and <laughs> they're just wonderful, wonderful guys. And the song came out like a couple weeks into COVID, but it ended up being this huge song. I mean, it was like charting at radio. It was like this big, um, really big song. And so like that was the same time I was actually supposed to have my first like major label meetings the week that everything shut down in COVID. What's, so, the, what's the name of the song? It's called Aftertaste by Loud Luxury featuring me. Um, and yeah, and so so that whole conversation was kind of already happening pre-TikTok. And then everything paused because obviously when COVID hit, no one knew what was going on. No one was going to like spend money on an artist. Like that was just not yeah. the case. Um, and so I ended up signing with, like, like I said, this kind of like indie label. And um, I've been with them for about two years. And yeah, I mean, I think the label system is certainly interesting, but I think if I've learned anything as an artist, it's just super important for me to always be kind of the captain of my own ship and making the decisions for myself and connecting with my fans personally, because I just don't really believe that any company or whatever is going to be able to build those relationships for you. No, no, we definitely still have to do that ourselves. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, I was wondering because, you know, you hear all these 
people saying, oh, I need to be big on the socials because then um, they'll, they'll start to see me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, is that the ultimate goal to actually get with a label or is it the ultimate goal to just do your art? You know, that's that's the fine line that we have to choose and that we have to, you know, live with and, and, and make our goals with. So, uh, yeah, I was wondering. So, okay, so smaller yeah. label. And do, do they do a lot of uh, what, what do they do for you? Uh, because we also do some episodes on, um, you know, um, who should be on your team as like an independent exactly. artist. Sure. Uh, Um, I think the label is mainly to be just fully like transparent, a bank, you know, they pay for music videos and various marketing things. And, um, you know, they, they basically gave me some money so that I could pay my producers and things like that. Um, again, I'm a small artist and I'm with a small label, so it's not like I'm, I've got a whole bunch of money over here, um, which I don't even know if the big artists have anymore, But um, that's essentially the job of the label. I feel very strongly that if I were to give any advice to anybody who's kind of up and coming, it's that you just have to understand that you have to do everything for yourself, no matter who's on your team. You know, I have an amazing management team who I love and who I've been with for a, a little while, but like still I do everything and like I take pride in doing everything. And that means that I get to be in control of what's happening in my career. Like I don't ever want there to be a contract signed or a paper signed or anything like that, that I haven't read because Mm -hmm. even if I don't fully understand it, like I want to be educated on what's happening in my career and my life. And I view myself as an artist first, but an entrepreneur and a businesswoman second. Um, And when it comes to socials and stuff like that, like I, I, I don't think I will ever give access to those things to other people because that is like who I am, you know, what I'm putting out on the internet and my art is who I am. And that's why anyone who's ever followed me wants to follow me. So I don't want to give that control to somebody else who's going to then make decisions for me that I wouldn't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. There's so. a lot of work, but I mean, we all have that work. It's just kind of I don't yeah. think I don't think it necessarily is more work the more followers you have though is it it's just No I don't think so at all if anything I I actually feel like some of my friends and stuff who have more followers can almost focus on it less because mm. I'm still in the phase of trying to grow you know and I have I have a solid amazing wonderful following but like it's not at the point yet where I can kind of take a couple of days off yeah. of social media you know what I mean yeah. and focus yeah. on other things so um I would love to get to a point where I can, you know, take a few days off social media because I'm focused on whatever I'm on the road or I'm writing or, but for now, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But for now it's very much all things. They're all things that I I do. And, but quite honestly, like I fucking love it. So like, I would never complain about it. Like I, I would do this if I was a billionaire and I could do nothing for the rest of my life, I would still do this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That's really cool. Um, So uh, I just have another question for you. You said in an interview, I think it was with, I can't pronounce this magazine, Voyage, Voyage? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Voyage magazine, um, that you don't like to label yourself as pop. So that is, like, not the first box you like to be put in. Is that um, in part because you think women in pop music aren't taken seriously? Or is that, you know, what what kind of reasoning is behind that? Because I get it, but... yeah. I wanted to hear you. Honestly, I just think it's because, you know, in 2022, I don't really feel like labels are super relevant. And 
as an artist, I want to be able to write all different kinds of songs. You know, I want to be, I've done EDM features. I want to be able to write more kind of singer songwriter stuff. I want to be able to do stuff that has a little bit of rock influence in it. Like, and I think once you, I mean, granted, I say this as someone, my Instagram bio literally says princess of feminist pop or something like that. So, you know, I understand <laughs> what I, what I do make, but I do think it's important to have freedom as an artist to explore different things. And, um, you know, I think someone like Taylor Swift, for example, has done an incredible job of, she started out as country and then she became really pop. And then she started making kind of folk music and just really allowing herself the freedom to, um, not box herself in and, and unbox herself, if you will. (laughs) And, um, and I really admire that. And I think that comes with a really trusting relationship with your fans that they are open to kind of exploring with you and, and trying out new things with you and not expecting the same thing from you over and over. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had a um, similar conversation to um, to this with Salt Ashes last season, mm. um, who brought out an album um, recently that um, is through all different genres, right? It's pretty mixed, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Donna. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of different influences, and indeed, mm. I mean, again, I think pop can be so many things nowadays. Um, yeah. It's it's very purist of somebody to say that uh, a song is rock the moment an electric guitar comes into it. You know, right. I don't think that's okay. I think we're past that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I I also struggle yeah. sometimes with genres. Yeah, uh, because Donna <laughs> and I both do pop technically, yeah. but we both do completely different styles pop. of pop as yeah. well. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, and I think pop really stems from like the word popular, which mm-hmm. is just like, what yeah. do people connect with? Yeah, exactly. That, there, there's no limit to what instruments that includes or what genres that includes, or, you know, it's just like, I think it's about creating an emotional response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So uh, we need to ask you a question, which okay. we ask every guest, <laughs> is um, have you ever been called a bitch for just knowing what you want? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that has like become one of my favorite words because... <laughs> Like one time someone told me I was a bitchy texter because I was just direct. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? And so then for a while I was like, emoji, emoji, exclamation point. I'm so sorry just for existing, you know? And then I was like, that's Jeez. not me. No. And I, it took me a long time to get to the point of like, I would look at these dudes that I work with emailing and I would like have anxiety because I'd be like, they're being so mean to each other. And then I realized like, they're not being mean. They're just doing their fucking job. And I'm allowed to also just do my job. So I've really kind of uh, taken back the power on the word bitch. I call everyone a bitch in a good way. Like, like I introduced my song, do it like a girl at my last show. I was like, this one's for the bad bitches, you know? Cause it's like, fuck that. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's basically what we did. And we're just, we said, "Well, we'll be such a bitch if we're gonna yeah, be a bitch I love anyway." It. You know, I mean, come on. I always say, if you're gonna if you're gonna call me a bitch, just put bad in front of it. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> we're gonna steal yeah. that one. Do it, please. <laughs> right. Do you have any um, um, projects coming up you want to talk about? Maybe. You know, my main focus right now is just continuing to build online, and uh, I have a couple of songs that are not out yet that are kind of being released currently that I'm really excited about and um, just trying to play as many live shows and, and tour as much as possible. So that's really like the focus. What that's I awesome. actually wanted to ask you too is about um, your voice. 
oh. as a pop person, well, you know, like tying into what we were just talking about about genre, um, you uh, you're an alto. So mm -hmm. a very low register, uh, you know, in female voices, which is not specifically popular, uh, yeah. but it is like getting there right now. I think there's a lot of movement uh, also with TikTok, with a lot of alto people coming, coming out yeah. and saying, yeah. hey, I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, totally. How do you feel about that? I have had quite a journey with my voice because, you know, I grew up, I don't, I don't know many people who grew up just making pop music. Like, I don't really know that, that there are very many opportunities for that. So I grew up in choirs and doing musical theater and kind of the classic school opportunities that I was, I was presented. And, um, I really hated the fact that I wasn't like, I didn't have that That's like a musical <laughs> theater. Yeah. And like, I, I just, I was really upset about it. And I did jump around a lot. Like, I think I probably was a soprano at one point, And then I became a grown up and my voice changed. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in musicals, I would never get the big parts unless it was like a rock musical. Then I could get a, maybe a lead because I could sing that way. Um, but then the older I got, the more I realized, like, that's what makes me unique. And I... I personally have like come to have a really positive relationship with my voice because I think people, when they hear my voice, they know it's me. And that's really important to me. I really always wanted a voice that people were like, oh, that's Morgan, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah. you don't even, and, and that happened with, with my DJ feature, a friend of mine, his sister heard it on the radio and texted him and was like, gosh, this girl really sounds like Morgan. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and he was like, what's the song? And she told him and he was like, that's Morgan. And I always really, really wanted that because I feel like those are the people that I really admire and look up to. They have those kinds of voices like Adele, Dua Lipa, Lady Gaga, Amy Winehouse. Like they have voices that you hear them and you know exactly who it is. Mm -hmm. So now I love my voice. It's definitely fickle. My, my, uh, ENT who does like my, you know, vocal care and stuff, my doctor, he described it once as a Ferrari. And he says, when it works, it goes very, very fast, but you need, a, it needs a lot of maintenance. Uh, nice. <laughs> so That's very cool. I, no, I really love it. your voice as well. Thank you. Like, I'm I'm a soprano or mezzo, whatever. Like I can do alto, but not as low as you can go. <laughs> I literally, um, I was, um, I started um, taking vocal lessons again um, a couple of months back um, for specific reasons. And I literally went to my vocal coach and I had like five artists lined up and one of them was you. Um, and I was like, This is inspiration. So, <laughs> oh, that makes me feel good. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Also, like, I kind of feel the way about vocal parts that I do about genres. Like, I'm an alto, but, like, if I'm really warmed up and my voice is feeling good, I can hit whistle tones. You know what I mean? It's like, of course. Yeah. and you yeah. might be a soprano, but if you're feeling good, you can probably hit some really low notes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, sing what you want I to sing. I think it's really interesting. Good. I, think, I think, actually, if, like, anybody who is in um, the business of being a singer – has an insane register I yeah mean, yeah you kind of the more you do it the more your register grows you you can't even get past it it's not something totally. you choose you just have it <laughs> well and it's like it's like athletes the more you practice the more yeah. you train the stronger your muscles get the more you know Absolutely. so yeah I had to explain it to uh to somebody a couple of days ago and uh I said yeah because you know I'm an I'm I'm also an alto well, I'm a contralto so uh and they say oh so you can sing high And I'm like, no, no, we can all sing everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just <laughs> that I'm not mega comfortable singing high all the time. Right. 
mm-hmm. and somebody who who like who speaks like this, who has like a you know, duh, they can sing high, <laughs> but they they can sing low too, but not like forever, and they're not comfortable right. in it. Oh, yeah. and they were like, "Woo!" This whole world opened up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was talking to my music director, who's also my producer that I mentioned um, before, and he musical directs for like a bunch of cool, amazing artists. And we were joking about how I always write songs that are a bit high for me. And then when it comes to singing them live, I'm always like, fuck, I got to like really practice. I got to make sure I can hit those notes. And he was saying another one of his artists that he works with constantly writes songs that are a little too low for her. So when she goes on tour, she's always like, I got to learn how to sing these lower. You know, it's just like, <laughs> wow. we're all just trying to to sing on pitch, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's very true. Jeez. <laughs> exactly. oh, well, that's all for today, I think, unless you have anything yeah. else that you want our viewers and listeners to know, Morgan. No, just uh, connect with me on social media. I try to respond to DMs and and whatnot. So, yeah, I would love to meet some people and come say hi. Great. Well, thank you so much for uh Thank being you so here. much. Thanks and, for having uh, me. This is so fun. And thank you for tuning in to Unboxing Women. If you have ever had an experience that you want to share with us, wait for it. There we go. Then uh, I just pulled up the banner. <laughs> send us a DM or tag us in your post with the hashtag suchabitch or send us an email on suchabitch at unboxingwomen.com. Don't forget to drop us a like on Instagram or wherever you are listening to us now. Today's guest has been Morgan St. Jean. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really great to have you. Thank you. My name is Dana Rex and I've been chatting with Micah Rose. Tune in to another episode of Unboxing Women next week. See you then. Bye. Bye.